Hi everyone! Welcome! This is Seek Sustainable Japan. I'm JJ Walsh and this is episode 400. So excited uh, to reach 400. Huge milestone. I don't think I would have gotten to 400 when I first started. It was unbelievable, inconceivable. <laughs> but it's amazing to be at 400 episodes. So thanks to all of you for watching. Thanks to all of the amazing guests for joining the show. Many people joining multiple times. Really appreciate all of you. Uh, basically, this episode is not going to be an hour long, uh, probably under 20 minutes. I'm just going to answer some common questions that people often ask me. Uh, please feel free to write those questions and comments in the chat section. And uh, we'll treat this like an AMA. Ask me anything. <laughs> um, so just to start a bit about the show. So why did I start it is something people often ask me. Um, it was during coronavirus. Uh, we couldn't really go and meet people in person. And I thought, what can I do during this stay-at-home nightmare when all my in-person work has disappeared and so many other people's uh, feeling a bit lost? What can I do? I like talking. I like researching. Why not uh, reach out to people I know who are doing interesting things and use this time, this coronavirus time, to try to lift them up and share their information to a wider audience and highlight the good work that they're doing. So that's how it became uh, good people doing great things in Japan as the tagline. Ah, Hazy, great to see you. Thank you so much. Nice outfit. I'm all dressed up today. This is a big deal. 400. Got my favorite glasses on. Got my umeshu soda. This is celebration. <laughs> it's good. It's Friday night, right? Not too much work. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Z, you have been a real encouragement to me. Uh, lots of great comments and questions after all the videos. Really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, now, some people might not realize that uh, this show has always been a multi-stream. So it goes to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, and Twitter, five channels at the same time. And people often ask me which which videos are the most popular, but it's really hard to judge because every channel has very different kind of statistics. Ah! <laughs> oh no. Okay. That's, that's something that doesn't usually happen. A little cat sabotage. <laughs> Lani, you want to say hi? Lani, I made 400 episodes. What do you think? Uh, thank you so much, Z. Lani's whispering lots of information in my ear. Right? Good job, right? Sorry. <laughs> Had a bit of a poltergeist moment there. 
Um, so it's really interesting uh, when I interview people who are very active on different social media. So for example, uh, when I talk to Ted Taylor, Alex Kerr, uh, Rebecca Otowa, uh, now Fukuoka, Tiffany Rustdale, Tova Kinoka, uh, Susan Mercer, Dave Olson, among uh, many other people, when I talk to them, they have a really strong following on certain social media. So for them, the Facebook views and engagement was much higher. And uh, that's great to see that uh, people who follow them are engaging and learning about them on a different level. I really love that. So that's really fun. Um, and then on LinkedIn, as you can imagine, uh, more business focus talks are more popular uh, because I do sustainable tourism consulting. A lot of my tourism talks um, have more engagement and more views. I was only, this is interesting, maybe, I was only recently allowed to live stream to LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is kind of a new platform you have to apply to be able to live stream there. And I applied the first time a year ago, I didn't get it. And about six months ago, I applied again and I got it. So um, that's another thing that I've seen is as my brand develops and as uh, more people know or have seen one of my shows because they follow someone, um, I think that also works with businesses. Businesses can easily check what I'm doing um, before hiring me, or hopefully that'll happen more. <laughs> I'm going to put Lani down. Okay. Sorry, Lani. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah. So one interesting thing from YouTube, which I noticed, so I was uh, searching uh, about the average view time. Can you guess how many minutes people usually watch on YouTube? I was really surprised. But all of the talks, the average watch time is only six minutes. But there is one video on my YouTube channel uh, from the Seek Sustainable Japan series that the average watch time is 38 minutes. That's the average, which for my talks is really incredible. Um, so that talk... Uh, was one of the first ones I did in 2020, not one of the first ones, end of 2020. And it was with uh, sake expert uh, Brian Ashcraft. Yeah. And uh, people often ask me some of the other questions people ask me, uh, where do I get video volume on in background? Oh, is it? Was it loud? Sorry. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, just let me know. Uh, yeah. Uh, people always ask me about my glasses. These are my favorite glasses. Um, I got them from an entrepreneur who makes and sells his stuff on Etsy. His uh, Etsy channel is... Uh, this is my glasses come from this shop, OK Thai, Okti, or OK Thai. And he is an artist based in the Ukraine. 
And so he had to stop his shop for a while. And um, some of my glasses I've had to get repaired um, in Japan and I couldn't order more, but it looks like now he is making jewelry and running his shop again uh, while he's in exile. So definitely, if you can, please um, support his good work. Uh, you can see OKTI on TIE on uh, Instagram as well, all of his updates and beautiful product um, information. I'll just put the Etsy shop link here because I want to help promote him. There would. Yeah, I am always asking when I go to glasses shops, uh, do you have glasses made of wood? Because I'm trying as much as possible uh, not to buy things which are plastic. And because I wear these all the time, I really didn't want to have the usual plastic ones. Um, but every time I ask, all the shops in Japan always say, no, they don't have wooden frames. And um, sometimes they have wire frames. So I was looking into the wire frames maybe for the next ones if I need new versions. But I really like the big frames. Yeah, nice. Wooden sunglasses, nice. Very nice. Um, I did find one company in Japan, but just the frames uh, costs started from 50000 And then you have to get the lenses priced as well. So it was a little bit too expensive for me. Um, I would love to see more makers in Japan using local wood, uh, using bamboo, uh, making non-plastic glasses. Let's ask for it everywhere we go. <laughs> so even though these were shipped from Europe and handcrafted, um, altogether including shipping is about 8,000 yen uh, per pair, so much more reasonable. All right, another question uh, people ask me, <laughs> which is quite funny. Has there been any uh, technical hurdles? <laughs> yes, so many. I'm still learning along the way. Um, I'm starting to do more on location talks. I did two this week, really exciting to go to the shop um, and, or the place or the workspace or the office of the person that I want to interview. And when I'm there, so I was there at Robert Yellen's uh, Pottery Gallery this week. I was at Alex Kerr's beautiful house. And when I'm there, it's such a different experience. Um, I'm not putting, I'm not doing the online research so much. I'm not putting all the media online. I'm just there talking to them and uh, you get a, a different sense um, because you're there. And I think you have different questions because you're there. So I still do research, but um, I'm not putting up all the images and graphics like I usually do if I'm working from home. So that's kind of a new development uh, starting around now, which I imagine for the next hundred <laughs> or the next 500 next 400 um that would be something i want to do more of is now that we are vaxxed and uh, it's a bit safer to go do in-person stuff yeah so exciting to uh, start that new development but yes in terms of technical things uh you can hear the two that i did this week there's a bit of echo 
uh, problems. I need to get good um, mic clips. I've seen some of the good YouTubers like uh, John Dobb, for example, only in Japan. Uh, he has really good sound quality with the mic clips. So I'm going to ask some of my YouTube senpai about some good uh, Bluetooth or uh, wireless mics that I can use to enhance the audio. Uh, definitely the audio um, from what all the stats I've seen and what everybody says, the audio is more important than the video, especially because I'm using the video um, to make the podcast after. So taking the audio from the video feed. Yeah. Bamboo eyewear frames are available here in the Philippines. Oh, thank you, Miles. That's awesome. That looks really good. I'm going to have to check that out. Thank you. Uh, how are you approaching YouTube algorithm meta tags? Would like to see more traffic here. I know it's not your only platform. Yeah, you know, Z, it's really good question. And some something that I'm really thinking about um, is YouTube is my main channel um, because the way Facebook keeps videos is really hard to find after. So not everybody can join me live. Um, they want to watch it later. But often, even though it's on my Inbound Ambassador page, it's really hard for them to find the videos. And it seems like the videos and the content is often hidden. Uh, people sometimes say, I didn't see anything on, on Facebook, even though they're on Facebook a lot. Um, so that's, that's a problem. Um, but YouTube, YouTube gives me some revenue, yay, uh, to help support me financially, as well as, you know, I don't know about the algorithm. I don't know why, even though I'm uh, creating uh, interviews and creating content so regularly, um, sometimes at the end of last year, I was doing a new live video every day of the week like five days a week, sometimes six. I have definitely slowed down. Um, but yeah, it seems like maybe I should be hitting an, an algorithm where they show it more. Um, I think there might be a tipping point, um, I hope. And I have seen uh, the head of Google talk about from this year, they really want to start promoting content which is talking about uh, sustainability and sustainable solutions and activating ideas for uh, more sustainable living, sustainable travel, sustainable business. And that is my channel. That's what I'm always talking about. So I'm hoping once they update their algorithm, all my back videos, 399 uh, will start hitting and being shown uh, to a wider audience. But uh, definitely over all the platforms, YouTube is the one where I get the most support as a creator. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of quick growth and then uh, two steps forward, one step back. I lost a bunch of followers when they adjusted and got rid of uh, a lot of fake accounts and stuff, but that happens. That happens sometimes. Uh, thanks, Z. Yeah. Something to do with video title wording. Yes. 
Um, definitely the title is really important. Uh, definitely the graphic is really important. So the thumbnail, I have improved my thumbnails <laughs> since the beginning. Uh, when I look back at my old thumbnails and I try to update them because I'm definitely more uh, Marie Kondo style, more simplified. Uh, my first uh, year of YouTube thumbnails was so busy. Lots of graphics, uh, lots of writing. Uh, now, basically just the picture of the guest and a title. Just try to keep it really simple. Huge number of views, even in a short time. Something to do with video title wordings. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, thumbnail is really important. Um, also, the audience that I'm going for, the people who are interested in my videos, it's kind of niche, right? Uh, it's not your general audience, uh, Crazy Japan or, you know, like uh, the latest toys or products, which gets so much traffic. Um, but you know, what do they say? Uh, blue, blue water or red water, uh, is a, like a business concept. So when you have so much, uh, people doing that, um, it's really hard to, to get a hit. Uh, but when you're out there in the blue water all by yourself, uh, you're one of the only people doing this type of content when you start getting followers and when you start getting interest, it should uh, make people more loyal and engaged. And for me, it's not really about how many followers I have, although thank you very much and please subscribe. <laughs> um, but it's, it's more about engagement. Uh, there's some amazing discussions that are happening because of the talks with the, the guests from around Japan and sometimes outside of Japan, but connected back to sustainability issues in Japan. And that's why I'm doing it, uh, to widen the net, uh, widen the scope of potential people who have the chance to think about these topics and issues and uh, be entertained, but also maybe learn something, maybe be inspired. Um, that is definitely the target. Uh, good discussions, fascinating and informative. Yeah, awesome. That's what I'm going for, Z. Thank you so much. Um, people often ask, uh, what were the best talks? <laughs> to me, um, because I've I've done so many, and I I would say I love them all. I appreciate all the guests. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, she won't leave me alone. She wants to be a star. <laughs> um, but the the talks that I really think back on, and I'm I'm somewhere else and it, it pops into my mind. It informs the way I think about um, something. Uh, it informs uh, the advice that I give in my sustainable travel courses. It informs the examples that I give in the tourism or business consulting. Um, so definitely, I just love talking to people who are so deeply engaged with their topic. Um, they are authors, they are architects, they are carpenters, they are 
journalists. They are people who are living their passion to search out and try out this information. And it's really those passionate guests that I, I really take a lot from, and I remember later, and it comes up in my mind so often. But I think those are definitely the talks that a lot of people refer to and say, oh, that talk was amazing. And oh, thanks so much for having that person on. So yeah, I, I think a lot of the talks that I really find inspiring and engaging is also hitting with my audience as well. So I'll keep searching for those people. There's so many. There's, you know, I keep thinking, oh, 3.50, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe there's no more guests to talk to. And then I'll have a bunch of new contacts. People will send me new uh, names to, to research and, and get in touch with. And then people will say yes, and they're willing to talk. And they send me books to read um, before we talk so I can get more depth into the interview. Um, from what I read and what I find really interesting that I can bring to the conversation. Yeah. What's your networking process? How do you find all these people? Reaching out via email, video conference is so convenient. Yeah. Um, actually, I think most in the last year, most of the new guest referrals I've had are from the audience. So people who know that I do this talk show, um, they are reading an interesting book connected to culture or sustainability in Japan, and they get in touch, say, do you know this book? Have you heard of this person? And often they'll introduce me to their network and then I'll reach out. And because I have so many videos that people can refer to, usually when the potential guest looks at the video series, then they say, oh, I recognize so many people from your video series. So yeah, I'll do it, sure. So that that really helps. Um, there's that added sense of, of trust. So it makes it a lot easier to get new guests. <laughs> okay. Whew, hot with a cat on you. Uh, funny things. For technology, uh, just before this 400th episode, um, when I first started, and I knew I needed better light, so I have a ring light on the top of my computer here. How did I get, how did I set up my ring light? I taped it to the back with uh, gum tape. And then after I got back from the on-location interviews, the tape had come off. So now I've taped it again. It's one of those solutions that you just do and you think, oh, I'll fix this later. You know, 400 episodes, same tape. So, you know, another 400, same tape. That's not too bad. <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah, great. So it's organic. Yeah, that's right. Um, people who watch the show, who know the show, who know my topic, uh, they reach out to people that they know and they respect. And then, uh, yeah, it happens that way. Sometimes I do have, um, like publishers will contact me and say, oh, uh, the author of this book we just published might be really good, um, for you to interview. But that, to be honest, unless I'm in touch with the author first and I know the author first, 
um, quite often that doesn't pan out. The company acting as an agent and trying to set up their uh, guest, their author or their speaker. That speaker, unless they're watching or do their research before the talk, they have no idea uh, what the talk show is like. And quite often that's a big adjustment. That's really hard uh, to get into the flow because there's been that middle person in between me and the guest in terms of even doing emails. Everything goes through that middle person. So uh, what I've learned along the way is if someone reaches out to me like a publisher, I say, I'm happy to read the book. Sounds really interesting. Can you put me in touch with the uh, author or guest directly? And um, if I contact the author, which has happened a few times, I contact the author and they don't get back to me, then I know it's not a good fit, right? Um, and I send them links and, you know, very friendly welcome letter and everything. And uh, with my picture, you know, and feel free to get in touch. And some people are just not interested. So that's not going to be a good talk. So maybe someday, maybe someday they'll reach out and then we can set it up, right? Um, so if I have that direct contact beforehand with the, the guest, it makes a big difference. All right, any other uh, big challenges? Uh, big challenges in sustainability. This is what I'm often asked um, by students or uh, people that I, I end up giving seminars for um, because they've seen the talk show and they asked me to give a seminar on sustainability. Really happy to do that. Please feel free to get in touch and ask anytime. Um, I am often asked what are the biggest hurdles in Japan for sustainability, and I think this is true for uh, sustainable business, sustainable travel, and also individuals. Uh, we know the solutions. We know what the better options are. Um, I think the biggest challenge is making that choice, choosing the better option, walking the walk, not only talking the talk. And that, that is hard for individuals, that is hard for entrepreneurs, that is hard for organizations, that is hard for government, that is hard for business people, that's hard for everybody. So I think in terms of uh, moving forward with more sustainability in all aspects of our lives and work, we need to just start putting things into action, even really small things. Um, like, I stay at very sustainability focused hotels or guest houses as part of my work. And you can see very clearly, there are some very small things that if they change, it would be so much better. It would be a better step in the right direction. So see where you are, think about where you want to be, how you can improve, make a timeline in five years or three years or one year and move towards that, reassess and make another goal. These are all really important basic principles of walking the walk. Oh, nice. Waiting to hear me talk about my channel. Oh, thank you so much, Z. That's so nice. Interview or a tour, any plan to add to your format? 
Mm, yeah, difficult. I think once I get the portable mics, once I get the better audio where I can go on location, um, I'm really excited to go to some uh, like miso factory, uh, sake brewery, um, go on location to more places which have that deep cultural experience. So it's like travel plus sustainability interview. So that combination. And I really want to keep the live format um, because I love engaging with people like you, Z, and so many people who feel like they're a part of the talk or a part of the tour um, because it's live and they know they can ask questions, they can make comments. Yeah, so I want to keep that element. Yeah, on location videos, definitely. Uh, one of the hurdles for on location, um, which I'm, I'm doing some virtual walking tours, and one of the big hurdles is Wi-Fi. So I have a special like pocket Wi-Fi to boost my phone so I can have these uh, live on location talks and tours. Um, but some places like beautiful uh, mountainside temple, they just got no towers anywhere, which is part of the appeal that you cannot get access to your phone. I think that's part of the appeal, but I can't do a live from there. So it's very special. Um, it would be beautiful to just do a quiet video and then edit it and put it up later. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Tova. Thank you. It's been so great having those short takes and updates with you. It's been really fun. Fun part of the series as we developed our Women to Inspire a Sustainable Japan event. That was so fun. I hope we can still do it once a month or once in a while. <laughs> Uh, typically when you start streaming, I'm busy cleaning luxury condos, listening to the interviews while I work. That's great. I've heard, um, Dave Olson also, also tells me that he often, uh, watches my interviews while he washes the dishes, <laughs> takes care of his little boy. Um, I love that. I love if people, um, are finding a way to multitask. That's why I think a lot of people really like the the podcast um, because uh, although you can't listen to the podcast while it's live, you can't ask questions or comments, which is a shame. But um, after the talks, all the talks become podcasts. And then if you miss a talk, uh, you just plug it in and listen while you're doing something else. And I, I think that it's a really nice element, isn't it? It's like um, you have me and these special guests just talking about stuff, having a nice discussion, maybe something sparks a new idea in you, new inspiration. Oh my gosh, 30 minutes? I can't believe I've been talking for 30 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Tova. Yeah, let's definitely try to keep that going at least once in a while. Um, yeah, learnings. I've talked about a lot of these. Ah, the audience. People always ask me, uh, who is your audience? Where are they? So um, the top five 
countries. Uh, can you guess the viewership? <laughs> so I've got uh, my podcast. Oh my goodness, Lonnie girl. My podcast uh, demographic is very similar to the video demographic. Can you see it there? <laughs> yeah, so the, the top five are Japan, USA, Canada, UK, Australia, India. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I would love to break into new demographics. I think it'd be really interesting um, to have listeners and comments and questions from other parts of Asia. Uh, I don't notice many comments and questions coming from the viewers in India, but that would be really interesting. I think they have an interesting perspective. Hey, Enrique, pretty awesome to talk with you. Top seven best moments in Seek Sustainable Japan? Oh, awesome question. Um, I would say seven, wow. I would say uh, top three best moments are when I learned from comedians like Bobby Judo or Ollie Horn that uh, comedy and humor is a really important part of sustainability. Um, that it goes along with resilience. Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? You wouldn't think that, um, well, I guess it's having a sense of humor, right? And not taking things too seriously. There's so much uh, with sustainability you have to take seriously. It is really important. Um, but keeping your sense of humor is also really important. So that, that was one of my favorite lessons from them. Uh, another, so many great learnings and lessons. Uh, usually when I interview authors, oh, there's just so many uh, things that I learn and I'm so excited to talk to them. I remember the first, second, third time I talked to Asby Brown, I had like 10 pages of notes because <laughs> I just had so many things that I wanted to talk about. And uh didn't want to cram everything in but if you prepare that much and then uh, depending on where the conversation goes the questions and comments you have you can lead it down certain avenues uh another really fun element uh talking to matt alt and hiroko yoda uh we were talking about the yude the japanese ghosts and uh it was on halloween so that timing of having it on a special day connected to the theme that we're talking about, that was really fun. Um, so I love Halloween. So I wore a mask for a little bit and we were just laughing. And so that, that really seemed like a, a more um, natural, relaxed, fun episode. Uh, hey, Wendy, great to see you chiming in here. Have you grown as an interviewer? I hear repeatedly from several of your interviewers who are blown away by the level of your research. Oh, wow, thanks, Wendy. Um, that is my favorite, I love that result. Uh, any guest who says, oh, wow, how did you find that? 
when I was interviewing uh, Charles McJilton, who does the food bank in Tokyo, uh, Second Harvest, and he said, what? How did you find that? You're like way back in his past interview, I pulled something out. Um, I really, I love that. I love that part of being a researcher. I'm starting to describe the show as investigative talk show <laughs> because it's not your normal, let's sit down and talk and you just tell me uh, from scratch what you're, you're doing because I'm, I'm really researching before every, every show and I already know what the person is doing. So they don't have to start from scratch. Um, so I don't know, is that a good way to describe it? Investigative talk show, <laughs> like investigative journalism. I feel kind of like a journalist, yeah, it's fun. Smile more, hugely important. Enrique, thank you. I love, I love smiling. Um, my name is Joy, JJ Walsh, but it's Joy. Um, so I grew up uh, with a name Joy. You really have to be a happy person most of the time. Uh, if you're a miserable Joy, that's a bit of a, a strange experience for people who know your name, right? <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Enrique. Impressed by that too, JJ. Oh, thank you, Z investigative talk show yeah let's use that i might change my tagline after the 400 update it a little bit yeah all right i i don't think i need to go that much further unless you guys have more questions and comments um yeah glasses Technology, interviews. Ah! Uh, one other learning thing, uh, which I've learned is um, I can basically connect sustainability to anything <laughs> because sustainability is really that balance of the needs of people, the needs of the planet and the um, need to make income and profits. And so there's so many elements connected to all three of those that almost any topic um, is very easy to connect. And I think I'm, I'm getting a bit better at showing the necessity of thinking about the three. Because um, I think there's an image about sustainability it's only about the environment. And that's definitely not true. Uh, we don't wanna live in a world without culture we don't want to live in a world where people are not taken care of. Um, definitely, we need to balance people, planet, and profits in balance. That's the tricky part, right? How am I celebrating? Uh, my cat almost knocked it down, but I have some locally made umeshu uh, plum liquor with a little bit of soda here. That's my celebration tonight. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Z. Congratulations. Wish you success. Thank you so much. Oh, awesome. Kancha. Kancha, as we say in Japan. Appreciation. Thank you so much. I, I couldn't do it without you guys. I Really, without you guys um, saying you like the show, sharing the show, uh, introducing new guests to me, writing great comments and questions. Um, that 
keeps me going. Yeah. So you guys are such an important part of uh, the next hundred till we get to 500. <laughs> so I started the show April 2020. I'm at 400 episodes in June 2022. So yeah, by next year, we should be at 500 episodes and uh, have our next celebration then. Wouldn't it be great to have the 500th episode sometime next year, have it as an in-person event and invite all the guests and all the fans and all the people who ask these amazing questions like you guys and uh, just have a big celebration. Because it's not about me, uh, if you didn't know by this time, it's about all of you. And it's about all the guests and it's about everybody who's trying to do good things and help other people or help the planet, which helps us all. So yeah, I do what I can. Here's the 500 in person. Yes. Yay. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. So 40 minutes. I think that's enough. We've done it. Uh, time to go make some pasta for dinner and uh, celebrate, put my feet up, and uh, we'll have more great talks from next week. Thank you guys so much. Really awesome. A live calendar to schedule and go together. Oh, Enrique, I tried to do Google Calendar and share that. I need to get on that. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um, but to be honest, you know, uh, a lot of the guests, um, they don't book well in advance. I'm usually, because I have a very flexible schedule right now, um, which means not so much work, but that's okay. Building, building, right? Um, I have a very flexible schedule, so I can be flexible for the guests. And so when I get in touch with someone, usually we book for the next week. So it's really not that far in advance that we book these live talks. Yeah. Um, so I try to get all of the posters out at least the week in advance. Um, you can see the posters for the shows coming up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, um, and LinkedIn. And so anywhere where it's streamed, there should be a poster there and it says upcoming, and then you can plan ahead. It's usually one week in advance. Yeah, I'd like to do uh, more. I know you might want to mark it in your calendar. Um, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, but usually one week in advance is the aim. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. You guys are the best for joining me in person. I really appreciate you. Congratulations to all of us. We made it to 400. Woohoo! Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. I dropped the armor.